hello. Is it me you're thinking of? Or is it my podcast? I bet it's my podcast. It better not be me, because that makes me uncomfortable. Uh, but here we go. Here we are. We are assembled once again under the mushroom flaps. I don't know what that means. Harland Williams here. You are rolling, riding, rocking right down the Harland Highway podcast. World famous, delicious, served in kitchens all over the world. Um, we are going to talk about a lot of stuff today, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk a little bit about hockey the Stanley Cup playoffs, I'm a little sad about it. I'm finally at a place where I can talk about it openly. So be ready for that. A uh, great sex story. Oh, my God, I had another incredible sexcapade. Wait till you hear what happened this time. Uh, we're going to talk about the Grand Canyon. There's a new, uh, a new uh, feature, a new uh, tourist attraction at the Grand Canyon that some of you might have been to. We're going to uh, explore that. Uh, coins. We're going to talk about coins and coin collections and, and collecting things in general like art. The whole world of art and coins and collecting and gathering and storing and all that nerdy stuff. But there's no nerds here. You're cool because you're here on the Harland Highway. Welcome to the Harland Highway. You fellas been doing a bit of boozing, have you? Sucking back on Grandpa's old cough medicine? There's an element of uncontrolled chaos. The Harland Highway. Serving everyone from presidents and kings to the scum of the earth. What a treat. Oh, wait. Was she a great big fat person? You just made a wrong turn onto the Harland Highway. You need many years of therapy. Hey, Harland, it's Stephanie from Denver. Just do me. You might want to think twice before sticking your penis in there. Just do me. You're riding down the Harland Highway with Harland Williams. Oh boy, so they want to introduce or reintroduce the dollar coin. We got pennies, dimes, nickels, quarters, there's even a 50 cent coin. Do, do we really need to have more change jingling around in our pockets? Especially when we're uh, going through airport security now and they make you dump out all your coins. When you're doing your laundry, do you need more? Do you need more jingling and jangling when you're walking down the street? Just alerting would-be thieves that you got a pocket full of coins. And now that they're worth a dollar, you're, you're all that more tastier to rob. Just jingling down the street. You sound like an old cowboy striding down the middle of the road with your spurs jingling. Or you're kind of like walking like a hunchback because you get so much weight in your pocket from all the coins, your body's lilting to one side. Yes, master. I bring you the dollar coins. Yes, Igor. Put it on the table. <gasps> yes, master. It's alive. Alive. And it's worth a dollar, master. Shut up, Igor. <gasps> yes, master. <gasps> This is Harland Williams. We don't need more coins. How about you spend your time and print up million-dollar bills and just give us each one. Just one each. Are you coin collectors? Are you coin? Are you coin collector, little buddy? 
Um, that's a whole weird world, isn't it? People uh, collecting coins, hang on to them their whole life, probably die and pass them on, and somehow something that was once worth uh, a nickel is suddenly worth $400. It's funny. It's probably the best representation of how humans are so silly when it comes to just placing value on things. You know, I mean, it was clearly designed to be a nickel. And, you know, there's nothing on it that says it's more than a nickel. But humans, with their little hobbies and their little appraisals and their little assessments, are like, oh, my goodness. How long has that nickel been around? Well, it says here it was minted in uh, 1947. And what year is it now? Uh, 2015. Oh, my goodness. Well, the, just by making it to 45 years of age, it's surely got to be worth $450. Okay, I'll go along with that. Okay, then it's done. It's just a b- kind of bizarre. And then, uh, you know, if you ever, if you ever see a, a show or a documentary on uh, coin collectors, you know, the slightest little scrape or the slightest little... Uh, you know, if the uh, the silver's faded or uh, there's a blemish or a chip, oh, that's $100 off. Like, how the hell do they determine the value of these things? It, it's just funny. It's like anything. It's like antiques. It's like old cars. It's like it, it's all such uh, just like floating, you know, ambiguous information. It's it's just kind of uh, somebody somewhere put a price tag on it. It's like art. Uh, this Picasso will be sold for $200 million. All right, now roll the tape back, okay? Pablo Picasso, famous artist. This guy probably, uh, you know, stretched a canvas somewhere that he bought for $1.49, found some old driftwood, stretched the canvas across it, you know, Pablo Picasso uh, liked to stand around top with his shirt off and just, you know, out on his porch painting. So picture this old guy, white hair, pot belly, gray hair on his chest, balding, old pipe in his mouth, and he's just standing out on his Spanish porch, hot weather, you know, shirtless. He's just doing what he's doing, you know. Ah, he throws the color here. I put some green there. I do a girl with one eye. I put her leg behind her head. I put a uh, piece of a uh, piece of cheese over here and some crooked teeth. I put some purple and some brown and some yellow. And let's see, the whole thing cost me... Uh, the canvas was a dollar fifty nine. The driftwood was next to nothing. It took two hours of my life. Okay, whole thing thirty four dollar for you. Right? That's probably what it's worth. But oh no, here come the humans. Oh my goodness! Look at the texture. Look at the richness. I wonder what he was thinking. Well, it's it's obvious he was thinking about the turmoil that mankind goes through on a daily basis in society and. 
Look at the way he put that eyeball over on the left corner as if to lure the viewer's vision up into the edge and frame the... Oh, boy. No, no, not, not oh, boy. How about $200 million? Oh, boy. Okay, 300 asshole. I mean, it's just, it's a funny, funny world, the whole world of collecting. And you got art galleries full of paintings that, granted, are great. They're good. I've studied art. I've studied art history. I've studied all kinds of art, man. Postmodern, classical, renaissance, uh, modern, you, you know, just I've seen it all, man. And, uh, you know, it, it's what makes one piece of art better than the other. What 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 commands $300 million versus some guy that uh, gets $5? But it's all about how we, uh, we value it, uh, the value we put on it. It's a small group of people, the, uh, the hoity-toities in the art world. Let's see, we need a new famous artist. Uh, that one there, the grapefruit smashed up against the elephant's forehead. Yes, wonderful. Okay, that person there will be the next giant artist. I don't know how they do it. Um, but uh, maybe I'll, uh, I don't know, sit down and uh, paint about it and see what comes up. Do you have artwork hanging in your house? Do you have pictures hanging in your apartment or your trailer or even at work? How many of us really know much about art? How many of you have the uh, beautiful framed photograph of the loon floating on the lake and then underneath in a big giant caption it says, Motivation. Right. Or the one of the wolf howling and it says, Power. (laughs) <laughs> They're these weird photos that are supposed to remind you to be something. Or, you know, you look in your living room and over the fireplace, there's a painting of a boat floating out on the sea. Or in the living room, there's kind of an abstract bunch of flowers and a girl's face, and it's kind of crooked, looks a little Picasso-ish. How do you know how to pick out the right art? How do you know what looks good if you don't know anything about art? People come over. Oh, my God. I just love that painting of the bull sticking its head into the ocean. Oh, my God. The colors. The dazzling. Oh, it's so beautiful. Uh, Well, thanks, but that's actually a woman and a child walking in a park. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, right, right. I was standing crooked. Okay, beautiful. Just wonderful. (laughs) I don't know. When people come over, right, do you ever have to explain your art? You just bought it at Ikea or you found it at, like, an office depot? They're like, oh, my God, look at that painting. (gasps) Look at the vibrant colors. Why did you pick that? What a deep painting. Oh, my God. What? Why this one? I mean, tell me how you think. Well, okay. It was only twenty nine ninety nine, and it was in the bargain bin at Office Depot. No, really. I mean, where did, this, where did you get this wonderful piece of work? 
Okay, you got me. I got it at Ikea. Oh, fabule. Harland Williams. All right, let's let's get off the topic of art and talk about the art of hockey. Oh, God. It's only now I can talk about it, okay? It's, it's a little little bit after the the Stanley Cup fiasco that went down recently. Ugh. You know, you pick a team and you're rooting for the team and 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 here's what happened. It was the Boston Bruins and the Vancouver Canucks. I'm rooting for the Vancouver Canucks cuz I'm a Canadian boy. And by the way, the big stars on the Boston Bruins are Canadian boys too. FYI. But nonetheless, you kind of have to go with the country you were born in. So I'm rooting for the uh, Vancouver Canucks. And as we know, they lost in seven games. They lost. But what's frustrating is when a team wins a number of games. Obviously, the, uh, the Vancouver Canucks won three games out of the seven. And what's frustrating is they won the three games before the Bruins won the four games. And so you're picked up on this high. You're like, oh, my team's two games in the lead in the best of seven series. They're out front two games. So they drop one here. There's still two games. And then they lose one. And and then they come back and they win the next one. And you're like, oh, they're three games. They're only one game away from the Stanley Cup. And the other team's two or three games. Oh, we're going to win it. And then the other team just powers on through and crushes you. Oh, gosh. I don't usually get bummed about sports, but, you know, let's face it. Hockey was invented in Canada. It's, a, it's the Canadian game. We were raised on hockey. It, it's probably as passionate a sport in Canada as it is for down here in the U.S. You got people who are just maniacs for the NFL, for football. It's on the same level, if not even more, because, you know, America's got so much stuff. They got basketball, they got baseball, they got football. Canada, especially when I was growing up, all we really had was hockey. That was it. That was the only thing we could call our own. It was the only sport we really had. It was the only sport that was really televised in Canada. And so you just, you know... I'm sure you remember the Olympics last year where Canada went into a really close uh, overtime game with the U.S. and Canada won. I mean, you can't imagine what a moment that was for Canadians. And so we lost the cup in seven games in a best-of-seven series. Oh, I'm just crawling out of my manic depression. I almost went, put on some figure skates, and threw myself under a Zamboni. Okay, for those of you that don't know what a Zamboni is, that's the thing that cleans the ice, scrapes the ice in between periods in a hockey game. Yeah, I was going to off myself, throw on some figure skates, gel my hair, and dive under a Zamboni. Uh, No, I wasn't, but you get the gist. It's just, it's frustrating, it's, it's depressing, it's sad, but you know what? One thing I've learned about hockey, at the end of the game, everybody shakes hands. That's what's great about the sport. If you ever watch hockey, the winners and the losers line up at the end of the game, and they go down the line, and each player shakes hands with the other. 
And so on that note, in keeping with the sportsmanlike tradition, I'm going to tip my hat. I'm going to say congratulations to Boston. You definitely earned it. I watched every game. You muscled your way. You outshot your way. You just, you, you, you just, you did it. You did it. And I got to give you congratulations because it's not easy. So there you go. I'm sadder Canucks lost. Still a great team. But they've never won the Stanley Cup. And that's what hurt a little bit more. You know, the Boston Bruins have a, a nice legacy of winning the Stanley Cup. They had Bobby Orr and Phil Esposito and all these great players back in the, uh, you know, the 60s and the 70s. They'd won the Cup. The Vancouver Canucks have never won the Cup. This was their third trip to the uh, the, the finals. And sadly, they came up a game short. So I'm hanging up my figure skates. I will not jump under the Zamboni, but uh, way to go, Boston. Tough luck, Vancouver. Hopefully next time. I mean, the odds of a player getting getting a Stanley Cup in their hockey career is is slim. When you think of all the teams and getting traded and blah, blah, blah. So there you go. I just had to vent a little. I don't know how many of you are hockey fans. Probably, you know, maybe not a lot. But come on, let let me vent, guys. I mean, what, if you don't let me vent, guess what I'm doing? Yeah, that's right. I'm putting on some figure skates. I'm gelling my hair. And I'm jumping under a Zamboni. <laughs> okay? So I got it out of my system. Let's move on to something more thrilling. How about this? Oh, my God. Speaking of sporting events, I was at a, at a football game, a college football game earlier this year, and uh, oh, my God, I dropped my wallet under the bleachers. I was sitting in some bleachers. My wallet went through, and I'm like, oh, my God. So I ran down. I go under the bleachers to get my wallet. And just as I pick it up, I hear a voice, and it's this beautiful, sexy voice. It's like, hey, what are you doing down here? And I look over. It's a beautiful, like, strawberry blonde wearing Daisy Duke shorts. And I mean the A-style Daisy Dukes. Like, you know those ones that are cut so high in the butt cheek that half the butt cheek hangs out? Yeah. The Daisy Duke, some beaten up old brown cowboy boots and like a tank top. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I lost my wallet. And she goes, oh, really? Because I lost my virginity. And I was like stumped. I go, oh, really? When? And she goes, right about now. I'm like, what are you talking about? And she goes, whoops, I dropped my wallet. And she throws her little handbag on the ground slowly bends over, like purposefully bends over uber slow with her butt facing me. She goes, why don't you come over here and help me pick it up? So I walk over. I am kind of behind her. She backs up, presses her half-exposed buttocks into my groin area, starts grinding back and forth, and before I know it... Interrupt our program to bring you this important 
Hi, this is Harlan Williams asking for your vote to become the next president of the United States of America. Hi, folks. I'm Harlan Williams, a Canadian with American citizenship, and I'm looking to be the first Canadian president of the United States of America. If elected, the Internet will only be used to order Chinese food and watch ping pong. The Statue of Liberty will be painted blue and be renamed Statue of Papa Smurf. Popcorn will only be able to be eaten anally. I'm Harlan Williams, and I approve this message. Harlan Williams for president. Let's boil some ass. Now, back to our show. We get up off the cold grass. She pulls my pants up, sticks her tongue in my belly button, and says, it was nice meeting you. Walks away, goes back up into a sea of thousands of people, and I go back to my seat. My friends are like, where were you? And I'm like, don't ask. You're not going to believe it. Wow. So, I look, I don't normally... St- share my sexcapade stories i don't it's kind of rude maybe a little graphic a little inappropriate i know and i wouldn't do it i wouldn't i wouldn't tell you this stuff if it wasn't so damn erotic and and sexy and it's almost like i i can't not tell someone about it so thank you for listening uh i hope i didn't you know get y'all fired up but wow let, let me change the topic real fast, because just wow. Hey, it's me, Harlan Williams, riding with you. Everyone's always looking for a new tourist attraction to go to. Turns out a tribe of Indians out in Arizona have come up with this new deal at the Grand Canyon, where it's like a 70-foot platform you can walk out onto. It's got a glass bottom... And basically, you can stand on it and look right down into the canyon. Yeah, you're, it's like you're standing over over the air. You kind of got that same feeling Wiley Coyote gets every time he runs off a cliff, you know, when he's chasing the roadrunner, and he just hovers in midair for about three, four seconds, and then he holds up the little sign that says, Yikes, and down he goes. Well, you can get all that magical wily Coyote sensation, but you don't have to fall. You can just stand there on the glass looking down, looking a mile deep into the Grand Canyon. It's only 50 bucks or something crazy like that, you know. Or you can do like I do, is just go 30 feet to the side and stand on the edge of the Grand Canyon and look down a mile deep into the Grand Canyon for free. But hey, who am I to tell you how to look into your canyons? Everyone I know has their own vibe about their canyons. So if you want to uh, float midair and look down into your canyon, be my guest. The Harland Highway. I'll tell you what, too. They, uh... They have a uh, a similar thing at there's a casino in Las Vegas called the Palms Casino, okay? And they have a bar called the Ghost Bar, which is a great bar. It's way up at the top of the casino. You have to take the elevator right to the top floor and then you walk out of the elevator and then there's like a bar. And then because it's always warm in Vegas, they have like this outdoor like deck patio 
and uh, it's really cool. But one of the features of it is in the middle of the deck, um, they have like a glass plate floor. I mean, this glass is really thick. But basically, you can stand on the glass and look right down to where the cars pull up to uh, enter the casino. People pull up, get out, and go in through the main doors. You're right up over it. So just to be a little brat, what I do every time I go to the ghost bar is I throw on a dress and no undies and maybe some cork high heel shoes. And, you know, I make it look like I'm not aware of it, but I always kind of stroll out onto the glass deck knowing that down below as people enter the uh, the casino, they're pulling up for a nice weekend. They get out of their limo or their car, and they slowly, casually look up, and they're like, oh, what's that up there? Is that the ghost barking? Yeah, ah, 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 ah. Yeah, that's right. They look right up my naughty little dress. You'd be amazed how quickly they jump back in that car and vamoose. So sorry about that, everybody, but it's just the exhibitionist in me. Free show. See more. You know the old joke. Hey, what's up? It's Chicago Brad. You know, you just brought up a point with the Jenny Craig... And I wanted to call and let you know that, remember HydroxyCut? A friend of mine worked for them. And how that works is that they find the young hotties and all that stuff. And what they do is, you're kind of right, they pay them to get fat. So they take a picture of them when they're thin, and then they say, here's a bunch of money. Then they get fat, and then they take a picture of them, and then they just flip-flop it. So it says, hey, I look like this, and then I lost the weight, and now I look like this. And, of course, they get back into shape and all that stuff, but they do all the interviews beforehand, and then they just flip-flop it. But that's how it works. You're pretty close. Keep up the good stuff. Bye. Hey, Harland, it's Charlie calling. Um, listen, I have two things for you. One thing, you're going to love the name of the city that I live in. I live in Sugarloaf, Pennsylvania. Yeah, that's right, Sugarloaf. I'm cruising on down the Harlan Highway right now, driving through Sugarloaf, hoping I don't get to Cinnamon Town because you know who lives there. Hey, also, a second thing. I just wanted to comment on your um, topic that you said about the other day, uh, Jenny Craig commercials. I like your theory. I like where you're going with it. But here's my twist. I think that these companies find these super hot skinny chicks and ask them to do these commercials, and they say, listen... Here's what we're going to do. We're going to tape the after now while you're skinny and hot. Then you're going to eat yourself like a pig. You're just going to eat like a pig. Get huge and fat, and then we're going to take the before pictures. And I think the reason they do that is so you're guaranteed your before and after pictures. They just flip them. And then that way, if the girls don't lose the weight, they do, it doesn't matter to them. They just throw them out like yesterday's garbage. All right, Harlan, I'll talk to you later. Thanks for everything you do. Love the highway, and I'm cruising on down. i got to go because I think I see a cop up here on the Harlan Highway. I'll talk to you later, turd burglar. Wait wait, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa. What was that part at the end? I'll talk to you later, turd burglar. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> a perfectly uh, normal phone call. Guy's making some good points, and right at the end he throws me a burn. <laughs> I'll talk to you later, turd burglar. 
And I got to say, even a little crazier and creepier than that, how about the, the little kind of noise he made in the middle of his message? I personally think that they would go better together, kind of like a fine wine and a, and a nice steak, right? You, you pair those two together, and I think they work really well. Uh, you want to give me one? I'll talk to you later, turd burglar. <laughs> I don't know why I'm helping you. <laughs> but they do work better together, I think. Um, turd burglar. <laughs> Dork. <laughs> Anyways, what those guys were referring to, and I appreciate your calls, uh, fellas. Um, I did a segment a few weeks ago where I was talking about I had a theory about the whole Jenny Craig and all those dieting commercials and I've noticed lately in the old days you just had a big kind of fatty and the fatty would lose the weight and they'd still look kind of rough, okay? Stretch marks and droopy chin. and But nowadays you see these commercials and you see some chick that's like, you know, 40 pounds overweight and she looks fat, but then they show her after, supposedly, air quotes, after the Jenny Craig diet and she looks like a Victoria's Secret model. And I'm like, wait a minute, something's not right. Nobody loses weight, that much weight, and and bounces right into looking like they should be a Playboy centerfold. So my theory was that they they filmed them first uh, before they got fat, and then they paid them to get fat, which is kind of what these guys are saying. We're all over it. We're all around it. I think we're on the on the same page. So there you go. Call us, uh, call us Mythbusters. But don't call us. Or you can call us late for dinner because look at the time. My goodness, it is late. Time for me to go eat my Jenny Craig home-delivered meal. Uh, I think tonight I've got some cardboard, some popsicle sticks, and some uh, wet Kleenex. So I should be losing a lot of calories over this meal. Um, hey, that's it. That's our show for today. We ended it on a turd burglar note. Uh, thank you for your calls. Don't forget, you can call too. 888-500-2090. We don't use all the calls. I appreciate your calls. Some, some might be too long. Some of them might not be a topic I'm looking for, but I listen to all of them. I appreciate them. And, uh, thank you for your calls. Um, hopefully one day one of yours makes it on. Uh, we do our best to kind of mix it up here at the highway. Um, or you can write me if you're a little shy about talking to an answering machine. You can write me at harlemwilliams.com. Um, so don't forget, um, I will be doing some live stand-up comedy in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania at the Pittsburgh Improv. July 8, 9, and 10. That's a Friday, a Saturday, and a Sunday. Um, please uh, come on out. Check out the show. Have some summer giggles. It's a great club. Trust me. Uh, just go to harlowwilliams.com. Click on my uh, my link to my stand-up page, and you can find all the uh, ticket info right there. Um, don't forget Stitcher.com. You can get the Harland Highway on your phone for free. 
There's an app there for you to download. And uh, don't forget the HarlandWilliams.com uh, uh, store where we have videos, DVDs, books, T-shirts, all kinds of fun stuff for you to enjoy and laugh about. That's it. That's all I got. I certainly hope you had a good time here on the Harland Highway. Uh, if you go to Vegas anytime soon, don't look up. Enjoy your stay. And until next time, chicken chow mein, baby. I'll talk to you later, turd burglar. Yeah, yeah, yeah.